is Healing She Got Faith. I am Lily, the host of Healing She Got Faith. Thank you for being here on this beautiful Monday. You are listening to us on Total Entertainment Radio. We are here every Monday at 3 p.m. Central. So I'm so happy that you are here with me. It is already the last week of January. Can y'all believe that? Like, what? Like, January just came and went. Like, it was not playing any games with any of us. Like, what? That's crazy. Anyways, welcome to episode 11. So, this is episode 11. If you missed last week's episode, it was our first Greek Beyond Death episode. And we had a phenomenal guest, Miss L.R. Wilson, our empowerment coach. Um, it was awesome. If you missed it, um, you can catch the replays on a par- podcast platform or catch us on YouTube. So definitely check that out. That is an episode that will just do something to your life. Yes. So, but this is episode 11. And we're actually transitioning from our second series to in February, we will be starting a new series. So with today's episode, it's going to be a transitional episode where I'm kind of going to wrap up Traveling Hills, the Soul, but then enter into the new series. So as you all know, February is love month, Valentine's Day. So, uh, secret about me, I've never actually had a Valentine's. I've never actually experienced the cute rose dates, champagne, all that good stuff, okay? Um, But I love love, okay? I'm your hopeless romantic outside of your self-love advocate. But (laughs) outside of that, um, I wanted to jump into just the different types of love and the different people we can love. So a lot of times we're referring to a romantic love, which we're definitely going to talk about that because I know, yeah, I love that juice. But I want to go in further into like, what is love? Like, what does it look like? Love for our jobs, love for our partners, love for our family, love for our dogs, you know, all that cute stuff. Right? So um, this episode is going, you know, basically be transitioning. Traveling here is the soul was so good and if y'all want to get the full frame of it you definitely need to buy everyone has a story you can get that at healingshegotfaith.org shameless plug so anyways before we get started um i have an affirmation so um i wasn't really prepared to pick cards today because um i've honestly been getting these um these affirmations from black female therapists um that's it's an app you go on their website and I get affirmations from them every day. And so recently, like the month of January, their affirmations have just been on point. So this one is actually from Saturday that, that's going to be our opener for today. And it says, this week I will honor my growth by releasing anything that is keeping me stuck. Though I may find comfort in familiar things, I would choose grow, growth over complacency. I'm committed to having new experiences that are eye-opening, elevating, and encouraging. Today and every day. I am my my priority. I am a work in progress. That was so deep. And I actually wanted to read one of these last week with LR. But our conversation just, like, got so good that, like, I honestly forgot that I wanted to do that for, the, for that show. But, like, I have been in this season of I'm really focused on me. If y'all remember a couple of episodes ago, I talked about how my word for 2022 was self. Because, like, in therapy, I'm just learning, like, I'm always pouring into people. I'm always giving and giving and giving. And my life quote is literally love you the way you love the world, which, honestly, my life has sent me to that place of, like, we really need to love ourselves the way we love the world. Like, this is where burnout is coming from. We're breaking our own hearts. It's, like, all this stuff. And, really, we should just be putting that same energy that we put into every Everyone and everything else, we need to be putting it back into ourselves. So with that, I'm still, you know, struggling with that. If I'm just being completely transparent with you all, I'm just still struggling with that because I'm so used to just everything being about everybody else. So that affirmation really hit home. And if you do get the daily affirmations, it comes with pictures that match the affirmation. So it definitely works out like in and if you're not getting it, like, you're losing. Because, like, it definitely makes a difference in my day. So I know it's going to make a difference in your day. So 
um, just honoring my growth for what it for what it is and releasing anything that's keeping me stuck. So I'm one of those people that like I definitely have attachment issues. I have a hard time letting go of things, letting go of people, letting go of projects because there's always that like almost perfectionist trait, I guess you could say, that comes out that's like, no, I committed to it. I need to do it. And I remember being back in college, y'all. And I was part of this ministry, and I've talked about this ministry before, um, but I was an RA at my college, and I loved being an RA. It was probably one of the most fun jobs I ever had. Like, you get room and board, you get a whole floor to yourself, and at the time, I wanted to be a teacher, so in my head, I was preparing myself to be, like, the best teacher ever, right? Um, but after a while being an RA, I realized I was so burnt out. Not because I hated my job, but because, like, that's a job where, like, you live where you work, so you're constantly giving yourself to other people. And at the time, I still had to work another job because I was putting myself through college as well as I was very active on campus. And when I was an RA, um, you, had, you had a lot of time constraints. Like, you really could only do certain things and for a certain amount of time, the like majority of your time went to this job. So it came to a point where I'm realizing like, man, like I love this job, but like I'm in a predicament where I have to pick between my social life and my community outreach versus my RA job. And unfortunately, like I just couldn't keep the RA job. So I go to this ministry and I'm kind of just talking to them like these are people I looked up spiritually. And don't get me wrong, y'all, like I don't talk to any of these people now. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, my friends that I got from there, I still talk to them, but like any of the spiritual leaders, like I don't talk to them at all. Um, just it was just some things that I just didn't like. And I think like a lot of stuff that happened to me in that ministry was just from immaturity and a lack of cultural diversity. If that makes sense. <laughs> if you're listening and you went to college with me and you were in that ministry, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but I went to one of the spiritual leaders and was like, you know, just kind of telling telling this person everything that I just said to y'all. And literally like, and I went to two or three spiritual leaders and they were all men. And literally like the response I got was like, well, you made a commitment. You need to stick to it. And um, you'll never get an opportunity like this. And basically, like, saying in the sense of, like, you'll never get an opportunity like this to, like, spread the gospel. And um, you just have to sacrifice. And, you know, God sacrificed for us. And, like, that's what I kept hearing. So, naturally, I stayed. And then, like, I think another year went by. And um, there were certain, like, parts in the year that, like, you could put in that you just didn't want to be all right no more. So that second time around, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely after this semester. Like, I just ha I have to be done. Honestly, like, there's no way around it. So I ended up talking to my hall director, who is my boss, and was like, listen, like, I just can't do it. But prior to him becoming my hall director, I had talked to the previous hall director who ended up getting a job. And he was like, Lisa, you'll be fine. Like, you know, because I was just so busy. And when I finally made the decision that I wasn't going to come back the following semester, a lot of people were hurt by that. And the thing was, I was so tired, y'all, like, to the point where, like, you're supposed to have, like, room hours where your door is open and, like, just so your residents can come and speak to you. And, like, you know how many times, like, residents or my friends would stop by and just close my door because I was just, like, knocked out on the bed, like, this is my job and I can't even physically stay awake for it. And so in that moment, I had learned that like, wow, like I'm really giving myself away for a job. Like, not that it's a bad job, not that it's like, not that I'm miserable. I'm, I actually love this job and I love the experience that I had for it. But like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted and I felt stuck. Like I felt stuck in between everything instead of like acknowledging like, okay, it was for a season I had to leave, I had to go. But, like, even when I left, like, feeling terrible about leaving, like, I felt like I had left my coworkers. I felt like I left my residence. I felt like all this crazy stuff. Like, 
I just felt like that's so when I read this affirmation and it talks about that, um, you know, it says, though I may find comfort in familiar things, I will choose growth over complacency. And that has been a huge part of my life. Like, I tend to get comfortable and stay and I feel committed and it's easy. So I should want to be here. I should stay here. I should want to do that. And um, that's one of the things I've just been fighting, like, in my personal life because I don't want to just stay somewhere because it's comfortable or because I donated my time to it it says i am committed to having new experiences that are eye-opening elevating and encouraging today and every day i am my i am my priority i am a work in progress like i want to experience new things i want to go into environments that i'm not used to i want to meet new people that i'm not used to like i want that experience because i i as i'm getting older i'm realizing that um i'm realizing that i'm not you know, I, I'm not who I was when I was in my early 20s, where like life was just so simple and whatnot. <laughs> well, it, it just wasn't. So anyways, I say all that to say like today, if you're listening, like whatever has you stuck, like let's make it a goal this week to like just pick one thing that is that has a stuck and let's just work our way through it. Like let's make that promise. You know what I'm saying? Because you deserve it. You deserve to be your own priority. You deserve to put yourself first. And I don't care what your position is in life. Like, it doesn't matter. You're still a human. You still deserve to be first. Okay? Okay. So, with that being said, so I just talked your ear off. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to episode 11. I'm back. Happy Monday. So, welcome to episode 11 on Total Entertainment Radio, y'all. So, I have titled episode 11, It's More Than Self-Love. And one of the things, and one of the reasons why I have done that is because I've been reading a lot of stuff that's like, you know, we're at a point where you can't just self-care, self-love, and therapy your life to death. Like, there is a certain time and everything that like, you. well, let me just say this. We are in a time where everybody is preaching self-care. Everybody is preaching self-love and there's nothing wrong with that. But however, I should say, I don't like the word, but however, we have to talk about the real deal. So, like, a lot of times on podcasts and on YouTube and on Instagrams, you're seeing, like, everybody has, like, the key to self-love. Everybody has the key to self-care. Like, this is what you have to do to be better. Which I love seeing people healing. Like, I'm all about that. I love seeing. I'm loving seeing that. But what happens when those emotions are still there? What happens when you still can't get up out of bed? What happens when... Things have taken a turn for the worst and you're still feeling all those negative emotions. You're not negative, but you're feeling those uncomfortable emotions. Like, what is that? And so um, that had just been really heavy on my heart. So I knew in February we were going to do like a Love and Black History series in February. But as I was like gathering my information, I'm like, man, like this self-care, self-love keeps coming up. And so recently I decided to invest in myself and I am now in therapy twice a week because this therapist, it has really been on me about like how I don't have boundaries and how I have never grieved. And she's really, really like picking my brain about certain stuff, about how I think, about how I believe and just, you know, why I continue to do everything. And so I was that person that was like, I just need to be more positive. I just need to do this. I just I just need to do that. But, like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm signing up for, but I just don't have the energy to do it. So, like, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, since the pandemic, everybody's on Zoom. Like, like this virtual life. And I'm just not feeling it. Like, I'm just not feeling the virtual stuff. I, I really can't focus. I really can't, like, like, I need to be social. And I feel like in the pandemic, I've lost my, my social life, like, I, I need that interaction with people. I thrive off of community and I feel that in the pandemic, I've lost that. So like to do everything 
virtually is killing me, y'all. And so it's like, it. I like it because there's always another option. And two, it is easier. Like, it is easier just to, you know, open the laptop and just be there. Cool. But um, I miss being social now, and I really feel like I'm losing that. So I'm at a place now where I'm really trying to figure out, like, what is that? What does that look like? Why? Like, how can I be social? How can I meet more people? How can I put myself first? How do I put myself out there into the into society? Like, how? So, um. I had just been reading a couple of things like that, like on Twitter, Instagram, um, just in my research. I had even like heard a podcast about like positivity gaslighting, which that was a new term that I had really thought about. Like, you know, when people are just having a really hard time and people are like, oh, well, you just, you know, got to journal more. You just got to do this. You just got to do that. But we don't really talk about those times when we just can't. It's just not an option. Like our bodies, our mental is just not allowing us to be that person. Um, like for me, I'm a journaler, but I've been so fatigued and just so burnt out that like I really haven't been journaling because it, it just takes so much. Like it takes so much to write. It takes so much to get to a place where I'm comfortable with writing. It, it takes a lot of that. And again, I want to be social. Like. I am missing the social aspects of life. So anyways, I recently just got done listening to Will Smith's latest book. Um, I think it's called Will. Yeah, that's right here. Will. And the book was so good. So we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit. So series two was called Traveling Hills of Soul. And I, what I wanted you to get out of Traveling Hills of Soul was like, we need to get out and get out of our comfort zone and realize how big the world actually is and realize um, that we're so small and there's so much to learn. Like this world does not revolve around us. Crazy, right? Okay. So in one of the last chapters of Will, of Will Smith's book, he talks about how he had traveled the world but never had traveled like just as a vacation. It was always work related. And um, he talks about a trip he took to Trinidad. And then he talks about, like, how after that trip, like, he decided that he was going to, like, start traveling without an agenda. I loved reading that because y'all know, if y'all been following me, I just took a trip to Puerto Rico. And that was the first time I didn't bring my laptop. I didn't do any work. Like, I was just there. I experienced the island. I experienced history. I did all the touristy stuff that you could imagine and really just authentically enjoyed myself there and I have became that person like I want I want to travel but like I don't want an agenda I don't want to have an itinerary for every little thing like yes of course if you want to do some stuff like you have to pre-book and you have to do all that fun stuff but like I just want to be present in the moment and Will Smith also talks about that, how, like, he had never just been still and he had never just experienced who he was and he just never sat with himself. So in my life, I have been big on being still and being present in the moment because I was that person that was always busy. I mean, and even if you meet people to this day, like, they say the same thing, like, you're still busy. But I'm not as busy as I once was because I'm conscious now about, like, what I'm doing and why and how and all that good stuff. So I say all that to say, like, I have become that person. Like, I realized when I really started getting my travel book, I realized that traveling forces me to sit down. Traveling forces me to be present in the moment. Traveling forces me to just be me. I don't have to fake the funk. I don't have to act happy. Like, I genuinely get energy just based off of, like, the island I'm off of. So, I'm definitely a Caribbean girl. Like, I love the Caribbean. And Will Smith also talks about that, like, when he went to Trinidad and he was, like, asking his, the people he was with, like, so what are we going to do? when they like, man, we, the water, like, look, we here. Like, this is what we doing all day. Like, I love that, y'all. Like, sitting on the beach, sitting there just eating, getting me a cocktail, like, 
I love that. Like the fact that I could just sit there and listen to the water just come up. Oh my God, I love that. And I oftentimes I meet people who like don't know how to be still, don't know how to like just not be doing anything. Like I'm the type of person right now that like if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. I mean, I had that has its pros and cons because then I get used to like not doing stuff. So when I really want to do stuff, I chicken out or my anxiety is like, hey, we out our comfort zone. <laughs> so you you know, you definitely have to. But you know what? I say that a lot, but that's why you have to like really invest in yourself and really be present with yourself to really know yourself in that situation. You get what I'm saying? Hopefully you do. So I love that because as we're transitioning out of Traveling Hills, the soul, um, we're coming into a place where we're really investing in ourselves and we're really thinking about like, what is it that keeps me happy? What is it that keeps me at a place that like, I am doing what I want to do and I am doing what I need to do to be a better person and to be the person that I want to be. And going back to what I said before, we cannot self-love self ourselves, self-care ourselves, therapy ourselves to death. We actually have to apply what we're learning to our lives in order for it to work. No, I don't like discussing with my therapist that I have not grieved because I have a whole organization based off of grief. But being honest with myself, that organization was created because of my grief. The whole thing, that's how, that's how I survived. I survived because grief didn't kill me. And it very much could have killed me whether it was my heart being so broken or whether it was like I got to my lowest point, which, you know, and I say that, and I'm not saying I had ever been suicidal, but what we don't realize about grief is grief affects our whole body, our nervous system. It, it affects our mental. It affects all of that. It, it even can affect your digestive system because if you lose your appetite or gain an appetite, it affects that. It affects what you put in your body. There's so much that goes into grief that we don't understand. And so when I say grief could have killed me, I mean that. It could have. One, from my heart just being so broken. A lot of y'all don't believe me, but like you can pass away from a broken heart. Y'all ever heard the term, you pulling on the strings of my heart? So just a backstory. A couple years ago, quite a few years ago, in like 2016, 2017, I took a group of kids um, to a college and um, they got to see a cadaver. And I was not thrilled about this field trip, let me tell you. So when my boss was telling me that I was pretty much like, gonna be the one in charge of this I was like I am not excited I do not want to see a dead body like I don't care how sciencey you are like that ain't me so we see the cadaver and there's a student she's telling us about the body and what they do with the cadavers and so she gets to the heart area she starts talking about the heart and she was like have you ever heard of heard of the time you pull on strings of my heart so she pulls this human heart out and she shows us there's strings in the heart she was like so these deal with your emotions and when um your heart broken these can weaken and they can break so when people say you're pulling on strings of my heart, these strings can literally break. And that's typically what is causing a heart attack and it can kill you. So what I heard out of that lesson was you can die from a broken heart, which I always say, like, I felt like my father had died from a broken heart. I felt like my father was so sad and emotional that once I had, I didn't know that when my father died, but I felt like because I knew how emotional he was. I definitely felt like he died from a car. And then years later, learning that on a freaking field trip with kids, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you can die from a broken heart. And so when I say like grief could have killed me, like that's how emotional I was, you know? I was very, very much emotional. And even to this day, like I tell people all the time, like I feel like I'm always mending a broken heart. I'm always doing that. 
you know, that could say something about me too, which again, that goes back to boundaries. So we come back. We're definitely going to continue talking about how to better ourselves. But we're going to take a quick break, y'all. Hey, welcome back. Okay, so now that I done told y'all all my business, <laughs> um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was um, I am human and I have human moments. And a lot of times when we get into that self-care talk, we're often asked, like, well, what are you doing for yourself? Like, what, what is it? What are you feeding yourself? What are you doing on a daily basis? Have you taken your five minutes to just care for you? We don't necessarily talk about being human and having downfalls and having those moments to where we physically can't. So, like, yes, I, I am a person who practices and preaches self-care but also too i am a person who is very honest about when i just can't i have my moments i lose control i struggle with anger and i try to just overcome that but there are times where it just it is what it is okay one of the things that i'm talking to my therapist about is you know in therapy, you're given tools, and it's up to you to put them in your toolbox, and it's up to you to apply it. And I'm learning that a lot of people who are going to therapy don't necessarily understand therapy. And that's heartbreaking because therapy is a tool, and I'm an advocate for therapy. And yes, I have struggled like we might do a series on my therapy journey because y'all probably wouldn't even believe that I'm still an advocate for therapy with the type of stuff that I've been through. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if the, like, so like I said, now I have a therapist that is really calling me out on things, and I have a therapist that is really telling me about just tools and times to apply it because again i'm investing in myself to go to therapy twice a week which it's only going to work if i apply the things that i'm learning so that was something that my therapist had talked about so let, let, let's talk about that like since i keep bringing it up let's talk about that right so when i decided to do therapy twice a week um which was like actually was last week so this would be week two that i experience there every time a week. When I came back that second time during that week, um, I told my therapist, I said, so after we were done, something kept telling me to just book another session that week. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. So I booked a session for the following week and then I like kept changing it. And then the day before I had my session is when I had decided Okay, no, I'm not going to waste the next week. I'm going to, she has an opening tomorrow. I'm going to book that opening. So I book it and I ended up messaging her and was like, hey, because she sent me a message like, hey, thanks for opening up today or thanks for opening up this week. I'll see you next week at whatever time. So I messaged her back and was like, hey, I actually changed it. I'm actually going to see you tomorrow because I felt that I needed it. So when we log on, she says, um, she says, I honestly think you need two sessions a week because every time we finish, I feel that you have more to say. Like you're not, you're you're not really completed with just one session. And I said, yes. Um, I do feel that way because my previous therapist, we had longer sessions. And so with this therapist, we're definitely taking like a 15 to 20 minute cut, which affects me a lot. So she says, well, Lisa, I think you're doing this because this is pouring into you and this is giving you what you need. You're so used to pouring into everything else that therapy is the one thing, the one thing that you get poured into. Y'all, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, am I like, what? So I want therapy because I can't get love no like that's what I heard like I can't get it nowhere else. 
Um, which I know that's not what she was saying. But in essence, like, I need it because, like, I'm so just burnt out and I'm at a place where, like, I really do need to be poured into. I really do need, like, stuff coming back to me. And that goes back to, okay, I'm in therapy twice a week. What am I going to do with it? So now I'm conscious enough to be like, okay, well... I have to figure out why I'm stuck. So y'all remember the affirmation from earlier today? Like, what is holding me back? What is it? So we've been digging into my past. And so this upcoming week, we're really going to dig into like some traumatic experiences that I really haven't spoke about. And I really haven't, haven't addressed it. And part of it is because like when people say traumatic, they're thinking of like death, near life what is it near life death experiences typically they're talking about like being molested or being raped so like my traumatic experiences are not like that my traumatic experiences are dealing with like people people that I trusted like no they didn't touch me in an inappropriate way but they definitely took advantage of me in a situation of like work related or because people were so miserable in their position, they projected their life onto me. And I was just sitting there saying, like, I was basically a trash can. Like, you dumped everything onto me. I I was that person that, like, everybody could call and everybody could just, like, you know how many people would just call me and just start talking? Not like, how you doing? What you doing? And they would call me. I would answer. They'd be like, let me tell you what, da, 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 da. Like, I even had a supervisor who, like, just never said good morning to me. Like, just would just come in and be like, um, who who took my keys? Okay, so you, you saw this student or you saw this? Like, dang, say hi. <laughs> so just, like, going through that and realizing, like, that stuff affected me because I felt like the trash can. Like, everybody just dumped everything onto me. Like, okay, granted. Because I always like to take my responsibility. I wasn't mature enough to set the boundary of like, hey, y'all, don't do that. I thought I was supposed to just take it, okay? Like, I can advocate, and I've said this before, I can advocate for everybody else. But when it comes to, like, Lisa, it's like, okay, well, I'll just take it. That's fine. Like, whatever. <laughs> um. So... With that being said, like, it is an ongoing process. And I hope, like, when you listen to me and I hope when you read my book and you you go through the journal, like, you see, you see, like, me really not just telling you what to do, but, like, actually living through it. Like, I'm working through my planner. I'm working through my journal. I'm reading my book. Even though I created it, I'm working through that stuff because I firmly believe in it. And it, and I don't want to be one of those people that come off as perfect, y'all. Like, I'm not perfect. Like, I'm a hot mess. Woo, if my mama was alive, she would tell y'all I'm a hot mess. She had no problem telling anybody that I was a hot mess. Okay. <laughs> um, We're just living in a time where we are comparing ourselves to the next because everyone looks successful everyone looks perfect everyone has the answers social media has gave us degrees titles and credentials that we never asked for okay social media has given us i just hit my microphone social media has given us degrees credentials titles that we never asked for okay everybody has the answer Everybody is an expert. Everybody knows what it is that you should do. Everybody knows how you should live your life. Everybody knows how to tell you how to make $5,000 in five days, okay? Everybody has the answer. And when you don't have the answer, you feel inadequate. You feel that you're wrong. I'm that person. Like, yes, I have my Instagram page. Yes, I have a lot of followers. Yes, I talk about this, but there are times like, let me give you an example. I suck at graphics. I suck at social media. Like I'm on social media a lot, but like my pictures don't look as good as everybody else. My pictures. So you see that I'm comparing myself in them in this moment, right? 
So sometimes I feel in, inadequate when it comes to that. Like, I'm like, oh, man, I'll see another Instagram post and be like, oh, man, that's so dope. Or even with the podcast, like, I'll, I'll look at other podcasts and be like, oh, that's pretty cool that they're doing that. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> and, you know, I meet people that just utilize their time and they learn a new skill and then they flip it to make them more money. Again, I'm just not that person because, and I talked about in episode 10 with LR, um, I'm trying to get things off my plate. I'm not trying to bring anything on. Like I am that person that I will outsource everything. You know, as long as I can afford it, I will outsource it. I would definitely do what I can. But like, I don't want my plate full no more. I don't want to keep being heavy or burdened or whatever. I want, I want to know my place in life and truly be living in my passion. I hate taking the time to do content creation. I hate taking the time to do um, the cute little Instagram posts. Like I have an employee who she has been my lifesaver in that because she helps me. I have a best friend who's in PR and he has ideas that he's been helping me with, you know? So I'm blessed in the sense of I have these people because I just don't want to do it. Like, I want to come in, I want to speak to you, I want to create the program, I want to create the content, and then I want my team to help me create the stuff that I just can't. And I do find myself in that trap of, well, dang, like, they doing it, and my, like, my stuff, I'm like, like, my stuff looks so kitty. I mean, if y'all watching this on YouTube, you know, watching the replay, you can see my little background, and it just looked like a little kid did it. But guess what, like... That's what I got to give you. Y'all know, y'all might be saying, that I'm, you're going to get what I give you. And that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So I think a lot of, remember I said I, I, said I was going to stop saying I think. Um, so I know that I just have to come in with who I am and be proud of who that is. I cannot afford to compare. And even though we know that like all of social media isn't real, it still sucks. When you get to that place where you like, dang, like they keep doing it, like what? We don't stop to give ourselves the credit that we absolutely need, and that brings me to this next question: What if social media didn't exist? If you're my age and older than me, then you've lived in an era where social media didn't exist. I like social media really started to get popular when I was like in middle school. Like, that's when Facebook came out and all that type of stuff. Um, and I remember life before social media. It was it was cool. <laughs> you did, I remember life before cell phones. I remember life before social media. And I remember, like, just going outside and playing. I remember being on the house phone. I remember, like, life was simple. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying social media is bad. You know, it has helped a lot of people. But what I am saying is it has turned into a virtual reality. And everybody is not able to distinguish the two. So I want you to think about that. We're going to take a quick break. But I want you to think about what if social media didn't exist? What would your life look like? Welcome back. Did you think about your, um, what was the question? What if social media didn't exist? What would your life look like? And I, I think about that because, like I said, I remember life without it, okay? I remember not being able to afford cell phones. I remember not being able to afford the cable bill. <laughs> um, I just remember stuff like that. And I do remember being outside, riding bikes, going to the park, meeting up with my friends, meeting whoever was outside, just like being engaged with the community. Like I remember that and it was beautiful. And I think as I've grown up, that's what I yearn for. I yearn for that. Like, don't get me wrong. Like cell phones are a beautiful thing. Like I love being able to have, like I have two cell phones. Okay. Like that's crazy, but I don't want to be connected to them. Like, and yeah, I got Two, two cell phones, an Apple Watch, two iPads, a MacBook. Like, I have all that. Granted, I use it all for my business, but I don't want to be connected and solely, like, attached to all of this. You get what I'm saying? So, um, 
what social media has done to me has been it has forced me to compare myself and my journey and it, and it almost makes me wonder like what people actually think of me why like I'll, i often have the time like oh uh people think i only post that stuff or people think i only travel or instead of just posting you know that, that's always a question why are you posting when I first started posting, it was just because I wanted to. Like, it it was fun to me. Like, Instagram was so fun. I loved when Instagram came out because I was always on Facebook posting pictures. And then Instagram came out and it was only four pictures. I was like, yes, I love this. It was just fun to me. Like, social media was so fun. And then as I started um, growing in my business and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, this is a marketing tool. It can help me. Um, and then also, too, it came that thing of, well, you know, this is how people are reaching the masses, how people are reaching um, reaching the community. And so I'm like, OK, so now I have to look a certain way because nowadays everybody check your social media to see what you're doing. So I have to be careful with what I say and what I do. And sometimes I do say a lot of reckless stuff and, you know, learn that that can affect my business or whatever the case may be. So social media now became a business move. Well, that sucks <laughs> because it just used to be so fun. And so now I post because I have an idea and I literally just post it. Whoever it reaches, it reaches. I recently posted something on TikTok and honestly, I was just playing on TikTok. I really don't know how to use TikTok. Like, even yesterday, my niece and nephews looking at videos on my TikTok and was like, your transitions are so bad. Like, they're just not smooth. Like, you you, you, just, you need to practice a little bit more. I'm like, okay, kids. Um, how about I just hire y'all to be my social media managers? Because clearly, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay? Um, but anyways, literally just playing, playing on TikTok. And I had a video hit over 100K views. And I was like, what? Didn't expect that. I was thinking I was going to see like two views here, five here, 100 here. Like nothing over 100K. But like even to this day, like this video is just, it keeps going. Every time I get on TikTok, I have a notification about this daggone video. And it, I look at it, I don't think it's good. I think like you could tell I was just playing with TikTok, but we got 100K views. And even with that, like, I was pressuring myself, like, oh, you got to you, you, you gotta figure out how to do this TikTok thing. You got to figure out how to do that. Instead of just embracing the moment, y'all, like, Lisa, you was just playing on TikTok and you made this video and it hit, it, it hit over 100 views. Like, just be happy with it. Why you got to be perfect? Why you got to be the next best thing? Like, this is your authentic you. Like, you want to teach people about self-care. You want to teach people about self-love. Like, show them this. It don't have to be perfect. The transitions don't have to be smooth. It's okay to say, hey, like, you're going to get what I give you. This is it. <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, I'm talking to myself, y'all. Like, y'all think this for the radio show, but this be talking to me. <laughs> um, and that's why I say it's, it's beyond self-care. It's beyond self-care. You have to be honest. You have to be extremely honest with yourself. You have to know that, like, you're worthy and know that you're enough. But you also have to be extremely, extremely honest with everything that you're doing. That's in your love life. That's in your work life. That's that's in your home ownership life. That's in your entrepreneurship life. That's with your friends. That's with your dating life. Everything. You have to be extremely honest with, your, with, with yourself. If you are not honest with yourself... It's going to be hard to be honest with everybody else. You're going to put on a facade and it's going to tire you out. Which brings me to this episode. You know, I talked about traveling being a self-care avenue that you could use because it helps you grow in multiple ways. But now let's go further into actually let's backtrack to ourselves and let's dig deeper to see like, why is it that we're not living in our full potential? Why is it that it takes something so dramatic to realize that we have been living in a facade? And I want to leave y'all with this last story. Um, 
in 2021, towards the end, I had a friend stay with me, and I have a very small house, like a, a very small house, and I had a friend stay with me, had some issues going on, but my friend was moving, so I was like, well, just stay here until you move or whatever. Cool. But my space was being taken up, and I might have actually told this story before, my space was being taken up. And I didn't realize it was affecting me. Like, there was nothing wrong with my friend. Like, my friend didn't do anything wrong. Like, literally. But I went to another friend and was like, I feel like my friend is staying in my space with me. But I feel like I'm just so evil. Like, I feel like I'm angry. I feel like I'm frustrated. I feel like I'm not sleeping well. Like, what is it? And my friend was like, Lisa, your home is the one place where you don't have to fake the funk. You don't have to, like, you are a hundred thousand percent who you are. And when people come into our space, we tend to put on this mask of like, oh, like, it's a perfect home. It never rains in this home. Nothing ever goes wrong. So when you have somebody staying in your space you and you have to put your facade on, you're putting on a mask in your own home, which makes you uncomfortable in your home. Not because the other person made you do it. It's just natural. Like, you want people to feel welcome. You want people to feel the love. Like, I purposely painted my house certain colors so that you can literally see the transition in air. Like, I want you to feel the complete difference from when you're outside my door to inside. And a lot of people say, like, yeah, like, your home is very comfy. The, how you say, the feng shui is very good. Like, you completed your goal with your house, okay? But, and all I could think about was like, man, this friend ain't gonna talk to me. She gonna think I'm so evil and I'm so cranky and I'm just fake and all this type of stuff. And I realized that I was putting on a facade because I wanted her to feel at home because I knew that things were rough for her and I wanted her to feel like, oh yeah, like my homegirl got a home, like I love it here, et cetera, et cetera. But that was me sacrificing my peace of mind. Not that my friend ever asked me to put on a facade, but because I, I held myself up to a certain standard because of these comparison games. Like I had seen other people open their house and they were just as happy as could be. And I'm like, well, why am I not happy like that? Like, what? <laughs> and it wasn't that I wasn't happy it was that I was I put on a mask in my own house and it bothered me internally which showed hourly and manifested into a physical sense of I couldn't sleep I had attitude I didn't want to cook I mean I didn't want to cook anyway but y'all get so I say all that to say, like, we have to start being honest with ourselves. We have to take off these facades. It is more than self-care. It is more than therapy. And it, none of that will ever fix what we're internally going through until we actually be honest with what we're going through. You got me? So we're going to take one last break. And when we come back, I have a final word for you. Hey, did you miss me? Okay, so y'all know I had before I started reading well, I was reading after the rain. So I had to pull that book back out because she be having some good affirmations and questions in there. So I wanted to read you off. Um, it was it's a gentle reminder on page um one seventeen and one eighteen. So I'm actually gonna read you two. The first one on one seventeen says, I can make the hard choices that I've been avoiding. Those choices give me the courage to become who I say I want to be. Page 118. May you be brave enough to choose yourself even when others don't. Healing is a soft and slow process, y'all. I want to end it there with you all because... We tend to avoid the hard choices that make us uncomfortable because we don't want to deal with the aftermath and we don't want people to see us in whatever capacity. Those choices give me the courage to become who I say I want to be. So we each have a vision of who we are and who we want to become. And when we face those hard choices that we've been avoiding, we can, we slowly get a step closer to who we want to be. 
May you be brave enough to choose yourself even when others know. In my book, I don't remember what chapter it is, but that's because I don't have my book in front of my face. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> um, I talk about how I was not everybody's favorite thing or everybody wasn't my biggest fan. And I talk about how like a lot of people projected onto me and a lot of people didn't like me because I just didn't fall into this category of people. And, you know, I, I, I can be mean sometimes, you know, so I'm not going to make it seem like I'm the most perfect woman in the world. But um, it does take a lot for me to act out of character. Um, but everybody won't choose you. One of the revelations I had in 2021 was it doesn't matter how much I love or care for somebody. When it ain't me, it ain't me. People will not always choose me just because I chose them. And I think that's the hardest part in life is you put your trust in people. And when it when you're not chosen in the end, it hurts. Healing is a soft and slow process. When I say it's more than self-care, that's what I mean. It is a soft and slow process. It is not a process that is going to happen overnight. It is not a process that's going to feel good every day. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Healing can be very, very lonely. And we have to remember that it's a process. It's not a checklist that once you hit these five steps, you're completed. Okay. So I want to end with that because I did a lot of talking today and I gave you a lot of examples and I gave you a lot of stuff, but I want you to leave here today and remember that your healing journey is a process. And I want you to know that you are enough. You are love. You are worthy. You are everything that you want and need to be. And facing those hard choices will put you in the position that you envision yourself to be. So remember to love you the way you love the world. And I want you to enjoy the rest of your Monday. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Shout out to my weekly listeners and faithers. Thank you for being here. Um, shout out to Total Entertainment Radio. I love y'all, and I'm going to catch y'all next week. Bye, y'all.